the grid, a digital frontier. I pictured patriots as they moved throughout our country. Do they look like individuals or small business? Were the rallies like church? I keep dreaming of a world I hope to one day see. And then, today, I got in. Hello, fellow Americans. This is Chris Coleman, your host with the Kingdom Patriot Group. Welcome to The Grid, where faith, politics, and commerce intersect. Texas achieves voter suppression by loosening voter ID requirements. But first, a word from our sponsor. FNM Painting Company is located in beautiful Lidditz, Pennsylvania, in the heart of Amish country in Lancaster County. In business since 1996, they work with new construction, custom homes, remodels, and perform a wide variety of services. Frequently ranked as the top painting company in Lancaster County, FNM Painting is a high-quality, service-oriented organization in both commercial and residential spaces. When you call FNM Painting, you know you are getting the professionals. If a 19-year-old video gaming teenager smelling like THC shows up to paint your kitchen, you did not call FNM Painting. Their employees are held to high standards of service and excellence. That's the only way they could achieve 17 consecutive years of growth. I've known the owner Brandon McCartney for more than 25 years. He's a devoted family man and passionately loves God and country. When I think of a patriot, he is the first person that comes to mind. He is exactly what American small business is all about. To get a quote today, call 717-569-3680 or visit their website at fmpainting.com. That's fmpainting.com or call 717-569-3680. Be sure to mention that you are a Kingdom Patriot. FM Painting Company. Kind, professional patriots. Contact them today. All right, I'm going to Go ahead and apologize today if my voice gets a little bit raspy as we run through today's podcast as I'm battling COVID. Yes, unfortunately, I contracted that, but we'll make it through. So let's go ahead and jump into today's topic regarding supposed voter suppression. We're going to focus particularly on House Bill Number 4, which is known as H.R. 4, that's trying to create the federalization of voting rights. On August 17, 2021, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi stated this, The House today is taking a momentous step to secure the sacred right to vote for generations to come with the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act of 2021. Now, one thing I'm not going to do today is dive into the unique particulars of this legislation. To be honest with you, I haven't dissected it completely myself, at least not quite yet. However, I do want to make sure that you understand what the Constitution says about voting rights and what this legislation attempts to do in principle. It is a clear move to have more federal influence on elections under the guise that we're protecting the sacred right to vote. And one of the reasons, or should I say many of the reasons, that it has become an issue is because voting laws in places like Texas, where they have placed extreme restrictions on people's ability to vote, or at least that's what we're being told. But we're going to examine this restrictive nature of voting in places like Texas so that we can understand if the rancor has substance or if it's just political fodder for a certain narrative. So let's go to the Constitution, Article 1, Section 4. It says, because it clearly the Constitution shows us the responsibility of elections clearly rests on the state legislatures. This is what Article 1, Section 4 says. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. This is a very important issue. This is why there was such an uproar in the 2020 election when individual Secretary of States were changing the manner in which votes were cast at the last minute. They were making changes to how the votes were cast, counted, the absentee ballot processes were being changed, because the Constitution is very clear this cannot be done unilaterally in any given state, but has to be done by the state Congress. 
I can't believe that this did not gather more traction as many people discuss the concerns of the 2020 election because it's incredibly important. It really doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. You never, ever want the process of elections being decided by the hands of a few people in the executive branch of government. There is always an inherent bias to enact laws and processes and procedures that favor your party. This should be something that's voted on by the legislature and therefore enacted and executed by the executive branch. That's just the proper structure of governments. The legislature is supposed to write the laws, the executive branch enforces or implements the laws, and the judicial branch interprets the laws. Or at least that was the original intent. And it seems today we've gone quite a bit away from this. So in Nancy Pelosi's comments, she further opined, A brazen and partisan campaign of voter suppression silences voters of color across the nation and threatens to erode our democracy. Further, the Supreme Court's disastrous decision in Shelby v. Holder opened the floodgates of voter suppression, allowing states with dark histories of bigotry and discrimination to pass hundreds of laws designed to keep communities of color from the ballot box. This year alone, 18 states have enacted 30 dangerous voter suppression laws, while the court has continued its assault on the Voting Rights Act with its shameful decision in Brnovich v. DNC. I share that with you because Nancy Pelosi is saying the whole purpose of this legislation is to protect voting rights of minorities. But to really understand the design or to really understand the mindset of this legislation, you have to understand that a key component in this line of thinking is that voter suppression is absolutely synonymous with having to prove who you are, i.e. identification. And for the life of me, I cannot understand how this is voter suppression. Now, Pelosi, if I was to ask her this question directly, is likely to say that requiring a voter ID disproportionately impacts minorities and therefore it's racist. And if it's racist, it violates the Civil Rights Act. However, while I don't have the information right in front of me, I believe there is a principle in which the courts have ruled that just because a law has a disparate impact on minorities does not mean that it is de facto in violation of the Civil Rights Act. In fact, I believe there has to be intent shown in the preparation and the passage of a law, not just that it had an unequal impact on different groups of people. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm pretty sure that principle does exist. So keeping that in mind, Texas has been front and center as the poster child for voter suppression, specifically in regards to the requirement of identification by voters, or at least in order to have the right to vote. So I wanted to take a moment and separate fact from fiction, rhetoric versus reality, and truth from lie. But to first understand just how suppressive the Texas voter ID law is, you must first understand other requirements both inside and outside the state of Texas in which identification is mandated and required. So for example, if you want to apply for unemployment, unemployment benefits in Texas, you need a Texas driver's license or a Texan, Texas identification card or an alien registration number if you're not a U.S. citizen, which that one is just, I mean, we could probably go off on that one for a little bit. I did not know that you could not be a U.S. citizen and still collect unemployment benefits, but apparently you can't. So what about if you want to open up a bank account? Well, you need two forms of government-issued ID, a social security number, and a utility bill with your current address. Okay, well, what about writing a check in a store? Because that's not a government agency. Most stores require a government-issued ID in order to write a check. Okay, well, what about collecting welfare checks? Well, now here you have a little bit more options. You have various forms of ID. Photo ID is preferred, but is not mandated. You can have a school ID, health benefits ID, ID from other social service programs, a birth certificate, a voter registration card. What about flying on an airplane? You have to have a passport, a state-issued enhanced ID, or a military ID. That's it. You want to fly on an airplane? You're going to have one of those three, or you're not flying. 
These are just a few examples of where identification is mandated in order to conduct yourself in certain activities. But what about the right to vote in Texas? What is actually required and how oppressive is it? Well, let's, let's dive into this. In order to vote in Texas, you must have one of the following seven forms of ID. You must have a Texas driver's license or a Texas election identification certificate, a Texas personal identification card, a Texas handgun license, a U.S. military ID, a U.S. citizenship certificate with your photograph, or a U.S. passport. So more than any other type of activity we just talked about in voting, you have more options. But it doesn't stop there. Because if you don't have these IDs, you can complete a declaration at the polls, at the polls, if you have a government document showing name and address, including voter registration, a current utility bill, a bank statement, a government check, a paycheck, a certified birth certificate, document certifying your birth admissible in the court of law. So you can vote with these things, even if you didn't have any of those other IDs, if you have one of those items. What if you don't even have that? There actually are three exemptions in the state of Texas as well where you don't need any ID. If you have a disability, you can apply for permanent exemption. And I believe that is in your local county, but you can apply for permanent exemption and never have to show ID. There's also religious exemptions that are granted for those that it's against their faith in order to be photographed. And there's exemptions that are offered because of natural disasters. So if we, if we kind of recap this, let's get this straight. You can fly on an airplane, but you only have three choices. If you're collecting wealth check, welfare checks, you have six choices of ID. If you're opening a bank account, you have three choices. But if you're going to vote, you have seven choices of ID and then a whole host of alternative methods of being able to vote, including seven different alternatives, as well as three different exemptions altogether. Now, I don't know about you, but if the Texas voter ID law is this oppressive and truly violates the Civil Rights Act, then it pretty much stands to reason that normal business, such as opening a bank account, traveling on an airplane, collecting unemployment benefits, collecting welfare, they all violate the Civil Rights, Civil Rights Act for the said above reasons. That's why this conversation is not even reasonable. It's way more rhetoric than reality. So if that's true, then what is the real driver behind this legislation? One can only conclude it is driven by the need to consolidate power. And I have a natural aversion anytime I see the federal government consolidating power in any area of life. So did our founding fathers. That's why they feared a strong federal government so much. What I hope to do today was to educate you a little bit on this idea of voter suppression because we have two camps. We have the progressive camp that says we absolutely need to protect the individual's voting rights at all costs. And then we have the conservative camp that says we must protect the integrity of our elections at all costs. And actually, I agree with both. The problem with this legislation is trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. There is absolutely no indication of voter suppression and that it's occurring when you enact a voter law that has less restrictive requirements than it takes to open a bank account, cash a check, or collect welfare. I think you've met the threshold in this voter ID law of making accommodations to those who can't easily get an ID. So when we hear this rhetoric being shared, let's make sure that we are educated and that we are calling out this fact and fiction to help educate those around us to make sure they can make informed voting decisions. Ultimately, so they can vote for people who support the right types of legislation to protect our freedoms. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Grid. Special thanks again to our sponsor, FM Painting. To schedule your appointment today, call 717-569-3680 or visit fmpainting.com. Don't forget to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement of faith and freedom. That's kingdompatriot.us. Join today so that together we can make a difference. I'm Chris Coleman, and I am a Kingdom Patriot. Music